father and grandmother for being here with me this morning. I love and honor them, and, and I'm here today because of them, literally, and uh, spiritually as well. So I honor them this morning, and I'm glad to be here. Now, you see this towel? That means two things. I'm Pentecostal, and I'm overweight. Um, so it, we're going to preach to you this morning, all right? All right. It's okay to laugh. I know. I look in the mirror daily. Um, it's all good. Matthew chapter 24, if you would stand for the reading of God's Word. If you're able. It says this in verse 1. And Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and His disciples came to Him to show Him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, See ye not all these things? saying, see everything, you all these things you're showing me. Verily I say unto you, or truly I say unto you, there shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall, be not, that shall not be torn down. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately saying, tell us when shall these things be and what shall be the sign of thy coming and the end of the world. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. But catch this see that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines, and pestilences, and earthquakes, and diverse places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Let us pray. God, we thank you for this word. We thank you for its anointing. Lord, we ask that we would decrease, that you may increase. And Lord, that there's little, that there's much and little when you're in it. And Lord, we thank you and praise you and give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, and the church says, Amen. You may be seated. We find in this passage of Scripture, and I'm, I'm just going to lay a foundation, but I want to preach to you a thought, a stirred world and a stirred up church. A stirred world and a stirred up church. But we find here in Matthew that Jesus is telling His disciples that things will not be as they are currently. How many knows that this world has not been the same in the last decade as it was the decade before it? He advises them, firstly, to be aware of false teachings and teachers and people proclaiming to be the Christ. He said, you will see wars and rumors of wars. But he says this, don't be troubled about these things for the end is not yet and these things must take place. Jesus says that even though the end is not yet, this is only the beginning of sorrows. Church, I believe we're living in these times. I believe it doesn't take long to look at what's going on in this world. And I know that we're in America, and I said this Wednesday night, but we, live in, we have this mentality that America could never 
could never be, be overcome, could never be conquered. I will tell you, America may never be conquered by another nation, but it can be conquered from within. Hear me this morning. I'm not talking about just politics and all these things, uh, but I'm saying that what the enemy is trying to do in this day and hour is stir things up. Hear me. Everything seemingly is in uproar. People seem to be on edge. It's almost as if the world is teetering on the brink of chaos. The Bible tells us this in 1 John chapter 4 and 3, that there is a spirit of Antichrist and it is already in the world. The Bible also tells us in Paul's writings in 2 Thessalonians in chapter 2 uh, that he understands that, that the powers that be, uh, the powers that this Antichrist will wield uh, will come from Satan himself. He says in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 9 that he will show power and signs and lying wonders. There's going to be many different things uh, that are going to take place in this world. But because of this Antichrist spirit at work in our world today, we may not know who the Antichrist is, but his spirit is still prevalent in this world. We see now more than ever, Satan himself has, had, has got this world all stirred up. Listen, understand that the Bible teaches us in 1 Peter and 5 and verse 8, Peter tells us to be sober and to be vigilant because of the devil. In, in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul writes to the church saying that there was a messenger of Satan that was sent to him to buffet him. Again, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, Paul declares Satan's involvement in hindering his ministry movements. Follow me this morning. And, 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 and we see that in 2 Corinthians chapter 2 uh, that Paul tells the people uh, not to give an advantage uh, to Satan for we are not ignorant uh, to his devices. Uh, as well, Paul writes to the Ephesian church and says in Ephesians 6 uh, that he, he instructs us to put on the whole armor of God uh, that we may be able to withstand uh, the wiles uh, of the devil. Jesus himself was tempted of Satan. The Bible tells us that many people came to Jesus that were possessed by the devil and he delivered them. He set them free. Many came deaf, dumb and blind, being possessed by a demonic power. But Jesus delivered them from those things. But Jesus also says this in John 8 and 44. Ye are of your father, the devil and the lust of your father, ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and he abode not in truth because there is no truth in him and when he speaketh a lie he speaketh of his own for he is a liar and the father of it. Okay, I, I'm just laying a foundation. We're, 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 we're going to go somewhere because I want to stop right here and tell you uh, that we understand that God has plans for us, right? Turn to your neighbor and say, God has plans for you. But understand that if God has plans for you, uh, that means that Satan has plans for you as well. Okay, I got one amen. Someone's fighting. 
Satan has plans for you too. I just gave you scripture after scripture where Satan came and tried to derail what God was doing, tried to stir up strife and stir up trouble. You can follow the Apostle Paul's life and see everywhere he went, there was not only salvation, there was not only deliverance, but there was trouble. Everywhere he went, the adversary came against him. There was this problem and that problem and and these people were mad and that person was mad and he was constantly being brought before magistrates and kings and governors and and, and leaders because he was disrupting the flow of what the enemy was doing. We understand that, but I want to stop and say, I know what the enemy's doing, but what are we doing? Hear me, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a history guy and I love it and, and, and me and Cameron can talk about it a lot and, and we both love history. My father knows I, I, I'm a history nerd. I, I love history. But there's a man in history that's not, not prominently talked about and I've, I've said this before on Wednesday nights. Uh, his name's Ulysses S. Grant. He was a United States president but before he was a president, he was a general and he had great success early on in the Civil War down the Mississippi River Valley and, and all these things. He had great exploits. Well, they decide they're going to bring him from the western part of the war. They're going to bring him over to face Robert E. Lee because nobody can beat Robert E. Lee. Everybody is getting whooped by Robert Robert E. Lee, and you say, where are you going with this? I'm going to make a point. Uh, He's engaged in a battle in the wilderness, his first encounter with Robert E. Lee. uh, And and, and Robert E. Lee's men fought well, they fought hard, uh, and the Union generals would all just just run up against him, and they would just retreat. They they didn't feel like they could get through. uh, But Ulysses S. Grant was staying in the field. He said, we're going to fight. We're going to end this war, whatever it costs, we're going to do it. Uh, Well, his other advisors and generals began to come to him, uh, and said, listen, you're, you're putting us in a situation. Uh, what if Robert E. Lee does this and he counters on our, on our flank? Or what, what if he does this? Or what if he does that? Uh, and, and the writers say it that Ulysses S. Grant stood up, slammed his hands on the table uh, and said, I'm sick of hearing what the enemy is going to do. Can someone tell me uh, what we're going to do? Because what we do is we magnify what the enemy does. But God is sitting over here and saying, what are you going to do? Understand, I'm a young man and I grew up on a farm with a bunch of my cousins. And granted, sometimes we didn't always get along. And we throw a right hook and a left hook. But guess what? If someone hit me, I was going to hit them back. Hear me, you you say that sounds funny, that sounds goofy. But I wish the saints of God would do the same thing spiritually. Instead of sitting there saying, look what the devil did, look what the devil did, look what the devil did. Where's the people of God that say, you know what? I know the devil is stirring things up, but you want to know what will stop? A stirred up world is a stirred up church. We see chaos. We see everyone, it seems like they're losing their mind. We see all these things going on in our schools and in society. But I want you to know, the devil may be stirring things up. The devil may still be deceiving. The devil still may be lying. The devil still may be grabbing hold of souls. But hear me this morning, in the middle of all this chaos is an opportunity for the church to get stirred up and say, you know what? We're going on offense. We're going to do what God has called us to do. We're going to be who God's called us to be. 
We see what the enemy's doing, but God's asking, what are we doing? There's a portion of scripture in 2 Timothy. Paul is writing to his spiritual son. Understand the context of the scripture. Paul knows he is going to be executed. But theologians believe that that Timothy was going through, this spiritual son was going through a difficult time. Because the persecution on the church was ramping up in more ways than ever before. You know, you, you know we're talking about uh, at this time, Nero is using Christians as street lamps. You say, what do you mean? He would set Christians on a stand. He would light them on fire and burn them through the night. We're talking about a man that would put Christians and children in a circus, what he called a circus, and, and bring hundreds of thousands of people into the Colosseum and let them be seen devoured by lions and tigers and bears. He, this man was sick. The church is facing all kinds of persecution. And he writes to Timothy and he writes this. Again, theologians believe that Timothy was just discouraged. And he writes this. He says, I put thee in remembrance that thou should stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. Understand some of you are saying okay you say stir it up, stir up the gift. What are you talking about? What, what, what are you talking about? I don't understand many people, I'll tell you I see this in ministry, been in ministry almost a decade now people constantly don't know what they're called to do. But, but understand that there is still a a gift that God has given you. The Bible tells us on Acts chapter 2 when the day of Pentecost was fully come and that his spirit was poured out that Peter says this in verse 38 he says repent be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remissions of sin and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost but he doesn't stop there he goes on and he says for this promise this gift gift is for you, your children, and as many as afar off. You want to know? You want to know the translation of that? There is a gift for everyone in the Holy Ghost. So understand what Paul is saying. I know that Timothy may have had ministerial gifts. He may have had the gift of faith. He may have had the gift of healing. He may have had the gift of miracles. He may have had a gift of the word of knowledge or a word of wisdom. I, I don't know. I, many of you may not know what your gifting in the Spirit is. But here's what the Bible says that Paul wrote to the Corinthian church and he says there is a manifestation for you. He was talking about the gift of the Holy Spirit. So you say, okay, where are you getting that preacher? What I'm telling you is when hell breaks out in your life, heaven needs to break out in your heart. Hear me, I'm just going to be honest with you. I hear a churning in my spirit. I hear a stirring in my spirit. God's saying this is our chance. Let's go forward. Be the people I've called you to be. Be the people I've anointed you to be. Oh, hear me this morning. I want you to understand the time we're living in. This world don't have five more years for you to figure it out. You've got to stand up and begin to stir up the gift. Begin to stir. You say, I don't know what that looks like, preacher. I don't know what that looks like. 
Hear me, look at me. Know the word of God and know how to pray. You say, okay, what does that mean? There are days that this preacher don't know what to say. There's days that I don't know what to think. But what I begin to say is, Lord, it's not by my spirit or it's not by my power. It's not by my might, but it's by your spirit, says the Lord. You say, oh, you're just quoting scripture. No, inside I'm turning the gift. Oh, God, I thank you. Oh, that, that, that I thank you, God, that I'm an overcomer by the blood of the lamb and by the word of my testimony. I thank you, Jesus, that it's by your grace that I am saved. I thank you, Jesus, that you healed my body. You, you touched my mind. You saved me. You redeemed me. You say, what are you saying? I'm telling you, you've got to understand spiritual warfare is real. And when hell's breaking out in your life and stirring up trouble on your left and on your right, you've got to begin to stir up the gift. You've got to begin to stir up the gift. Turn to your neighbor and say, stir it up. Stir it up. I hear things changing. I hear things changing in the spiritual realm. I thank God for all these young people that have been brought in by other young people, been brought in by parents. I thank God for this. But I want you to understand their generation is going to see things that we will not see. But we've got to get them there. We've got to begin to turn it up. We've got to begin to stir it up. I'm just getting started. Hear me. Can I grab my towel? Hear me this morning. The devil stirs up trouble, not just in this world, but he stirs it up in your life. There comes a moment, as the Bible says, when you've done all you can do to stand. 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 Church, I thank God for what he's been doing in this house. I've seen lives changed. I have. I see a hunger. I see a thirst for the things of God. I, I see things different in these young people. I, I see different things in, in these little ones. We pastors talked about Jackson and I've seen things with Abby and Ava and, and all these things, how, how God is just ministering uh, to their hearts. And, you know, Ava talked to us the other day about what, what she calls it speaking in English, but it, it's speaking in tongues. Uh, and she was asking us uh, about it and, and was curious about it. And I was like, thank God that my four-year-old uh, is attracted to that. Uh, thank God that my four-year-old desires uh, those things uh, but hear me uh, what it takes is mothers and fathers uh, that are willing to stir up uh, the gift uh, I know what hell's doing uh, I know what hell wants to do uh, he wants to steal your mind uh, he wants to steal your joy he wants to steal your peace uh, but where are the people of God uh, that will stir up uh, the gift uh, stir up the gift uh, you say well I, I may not have uh, the gift of the Holy Spirit uh, I want you to know again it's a gift it is yours to receive. Jesus has already brought it. He sent it on the day of Pentecost. And this is what Peter did. He stood up and he said, this is that that the prophet Joel spoke about. That in the last days, I will pour out my spirit, says the Lord. What is God saying? In the last days, I'm going to stir my people up. I'm going to stir my people 
people up. Can I stir you up this morning? Again, I know what hell's doing, but I've seen people saved. Just last week, someone's come up here and said, I don't know what this is, but I want what these people have. Hear me this morning. I believe that God is doing something in this ministry, in this house. Can we just stir it up a little more? I don't think God's done yet. I don't think God's had it with us yet. I think we can stir it up a little more. I believe we can take this thing through Christ to levels that this area has never seen. I think revival cannot be obtained. I believe a move of God is happening, but people of God, you've got to continually stir up the gift. Stir up the gift. Hell cannot stop you. Understand, the enemy's still coming in like a flood, but there's still being a standard raised up against him. The weapons are still being formed, but they're still not prospering. Hear me this morning. Can you turn to your neighbor and say, stir it up. Then come to the music. I'm almost done. Just to be honest with you, didn't plan on sharing this. We were here, Chris and Brad and I, Monday night, praying. The Lord began to speak through Brother Brad. The Holy Spirit just hit me and He took me to a chapter in our Bible. Listen, I don't do this very often. I'm not doing this for show. This is what I believe is capable if we continue to stir it up. The Lord took me to 1 Kings 18. Prophets of Baal and Elijah. There's three things you see in that, that chapter. The fire comes down, consumes the altar. Then there is the sound of the abundance of rain. And then at the end of the chapter, you see an old man pull up his garment and outrun the king's horse and chariot. Three miraculous things in one chapter. Beginning of this year, a pastor said that he saw three waves. I'm just, I'm just going to be honest with you. You can say I'm crazy. It's okay. I know I am. I don't need anybody to diagnose me. I'm nuts. I lost my mind when I gave it to Jesus. But at the beginning part of this year, we saw what was going on on college campuses. The Lord began to say that was the fire. Middle of the year, so that was the thundering and the rain. But he says, as you go out of this year, this is, I'm just telling you, I'm, I, this is what I sense in my spirit. The Lord was telling me, he said, if my people will gird their garments, you know, because back then, everybody wore a dress. I know the men are looking uncomfortable. Yeah, they wore dresses back then, okay? They didn't have pants. So he girded up his garment. And he began to run. And the Lord began to tell me he outpaced the king's horse. Yeah. The Lord just began to speak to me for this house. 
And he said, I believe if my church will continue to surrender to me, stay hungry and thirsty, he said, you will outpace in souls what the devil is doing. He said, the enemy's taking soul after soul after soul. He said, but if you stay hungry and thirsty and stay obedient, stay submissive, he said, you're going to outpace the adversary in souls. We got, we got some work to do. We got some work to do. And a lot of you are saying, I don't believe in myself. <laughs> you know what? I think we've all been there. <laughs> you know, my father's here. He's a preaching machine. And I'm biased. Yes, I am. He's a hacker and spitter and get with it. That's all right. That's who he is. And the Lord was calling me into ministry as a 13-year-old boy. I said, I'm not that. I didn't believe in myself. My parents believed in me. My grandparents believed in me. Both sets of my grandparents, Holy Ghost-filled people. But when I surrendered to the gift and say, God, stir up in me whatever you want. I'll look as crazy as I need to look. I look, hey, you now see these young people, I do some crazy things. That's all right. I am who I am in God. But understand what I just said. Paul writes to Timothy and he tells him to stir up the gift in verse 6 of the first chapter of 2 Timothy. But the verse before that, it says, can I remind you of the faith that was in your mother and in your grandmother? And he said, I'm convinced it's in you also. What Paul was saying is, I believe in you, son. I'm not Paul. But hear me, I believe in you. There was faith in your mothers and your grandmothers, some of you. Some of you, there was faith in your fathers and your grandfathers. But hear me, I'm convinced that it's in you also. You say, hey, nobody else in my family would say, it doesn't matter. I'm convinced that God has a plan for your life. I know hell's breaking out. Listen, Jesus said it was the beginning. It's just the beginning. I'll just tell you how serious it is. You read that whole chapter. Jesus says, beware if you're pregnant. Woe to them. It's going to be a crazy time to raise children in. He said, it's going to be, it's going to be off the chain. Listen, you can hear of all the things going on. You 
came here about all these things. Elijah, can you come here? Come on, bud. Come on, Isaiah. I want to show you. Stand right here. Isaiah, stand right here. These big boys. I still whoop them, but they're big boys. Okay. These schools are unreal. I know we're in a rural community, and I, I know we got good teachers. We have a lot of people that teach in here, but it's unreal what is pushed on these children. Oh, everything's stirred up. Everything's against them. There is nothing in this world but the church pulling for this, these young people to, to serve God. They don't hear it anywhere else. They're on TikTok 40 hours a week and, and then you pray for the youth pastor and the pastors to change them with an hour and a half to two hours a week. I, I can't. I, I can't do that. I can't change them anyway. It's the Holy Spirit. But in the midst of all the chaos, these two young guys, embarrass them a little bit maybe, but I'm proud of them, said, you know what? We're going to just tell our lunch table about the goodness of God. They said, we're just going to tell them what God's done for us. Am I right? I think it's Isaiah that's telling me Wednesday. He said, we don't have room at our lunch table anymore. And understand, parents, we think it's so hard, but they're sitting at a table saying, you know what? I'm going to stir up the gift. You think they're just eating lunch? No. They're turning, they're turning something in the heavenlies. They're turning something. They're saying, God, if it's nobody else, it's gonna be us. It's gonna be us. Church, I tell you that, it's not hard. It's not hard. Stir it up. There's a gift for you. There's a gift for you. These young men, made a choice they didn't, they, didn't, they didn't tell people you know what you're going to die and go to hell guess what that's the truth of it if you don't know Jesus you will but they said if we can share the goodness of God understand the Christian life doesn't exempt you from life you go through things but the Lord gets you through those things you gents can sit down I'm gonna do one more thing, is that all right? I, I don't have you standing so I can still. When you stand, that puts me on a time clock. I'm gonna do one more thing. Dad and Mamaw, could you come up here? I know Mamaw's like, oh Lord. I didn't exactly know they were gonna be here. <laughs> she wants to wear me out. She never gave me a spanking. She, you whipped JB once. He deserved it. <laughs> but you didn't spank me. See, that faith that Paul wrote to Timothy about, he said, I saw it in your family. This, this, is, this is what I look to. We've been battered up a little bit. My mama's not here. My papa's not here.
But here they are. Brother Brad, here they are. They're here this morning. I could say because they wanted to hear a good preacher. But they're here because they believe in me. Yes. Amen. And I believe in you. And the pastor of this house believes in you. And the elders of this house believe in you. Young people, you see all these elders around. We believe in you. So stir it up. Paul said, Timothy, just keep fighting. Just keep fighting. And they were facing death. And we're facing mean tweets. And we're worried how we're going to look on Facebook. And we don't want to be Pentecostal because we don't want anybody to be afraid. What do you think Pentecost was? They said they're drunk. And Peter said, this is the Holy Ghost. He said, this is how the Holy Spirit looks when it's stirred up in a group of people. It changed the landscape of the world you live in. If it wasn't for Christ and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, there would be no America. There wouldn't be. Because men and women before you stirred up the gift. Why not you? Why not here? Why not now? I didn't preach some amazing message, but stand with me. Stir it up. Stir it up. Stir it up. Young adults, stir it up. Teenagers, stir it up. Man, I love to see these little kids worship. Stir it up. Because the answer to a stirred up world is a stirred up church. I'm going to make a couple altar calls. I've kept you way too long. That Ron Russell anointing got on me. I went long. He'll watch it and he knows. I'm in trouble. It's okay. At least I didn't preach on coming out of the closet this time. Like I did the last time he was out. Hear me today. If you're here, you said, Preacher, I want to know what you're talking about. Because my life is all messed up. My life is all messed up. And I want this gift. I want, I want to be stirred. I want to, you can say, I want to be saved. What Peter said in Acts 2, he said, Repent, be saved, be baptized, and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And he said, it's for you. It's for your children and all them that are far off. If you're here this morning and you just say, I want the gift, or I want to be saved, I want you to come. But if you're here and you're a believer and you just need to, you need to be stirred. You know the best place to be stirred? say my kids are a mess stir up the gift I know we're going in the holiday season why can't Thanksgiving be an opportunity to see your family members saved
I ain't saying you got to preach to them and thump on them. No. What I'm saying is, could you just sit around a lunch table like these fellers have been doing, just saying, you know, God's been good to me. And just watch the gift of God work. Paul ended this phrase. I'm going to speak this over you. I'm going to ask you to come. He said, Timothy, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but that of power and of love and of a sound mind. You know what empowers people? To know that they're loved. And Christ's love casts out all fear. So therefore there is no fear. So there is only power and love. And that brings a sound mind because you know who you are. And you know who you belong to. So if you're here this morning, you want the gift or you just need to be stirred, can you come? Can you come? We'll pray with you. We'll work these altars all day. But come, young people, I want you to come. These altars are open. I'll get out of the way. These altars are open. Hey everyone, thanks for watching. I hope this message blessed you. And if you could, please check the description below for all of our links to our social medias. Um, and as always, check our page. You'll see all of our previous messages there. Uh, I hope this message again blessed you and uh, reached you where you're at. And thanks for watching. See you soon.